Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, folks. Welcome back. Well, welcome. I don't know that we've ever been here before, so I don't know if I should welcome you back because... I am in Ames, Iowa. I am talking to Eddie Radosevich and Bob Prisbillo, who were deemed too dirty to be in Ames, I think. Uh, they were not able to join, so uh, I took the lone trip in the Eskridge Lexus. And it is time for the Eskridge Lexus postgame show. None of us are drunk. I don't know about Eddie, actually. I didn't ask that. So this will not be a drunken podcast as much as some people probably need it. But the Sooners... Uh, Boy, I tell you what, boys, it was uh, not really odd being in the press box. It, you know, felt kind of normal. But what I was watching kind of felt normal, too. The Sooners lose it 37-30 to to Iowa State. Uh, mediocre performance on offense and defense. The Sooners, when they had to put something together in the second half, they just couldn't do it. The defense, even though, although not as horrible as a week ago, still not good and not good enough. Uh, I don't know. It might have been worse. You I think it could have been worse? worse? I thought it was a lot worse than Kansas State <laughs> when it comes to the defense. I mean, it, it, where do you even want to begin? Uh, good evening. Uh, yes, I have had a couple beers, but I, no, I don't think I'm drunk. It just, like... That was the same shit that people have gotten their ass fired for in Norman. Like, the tackling issue? My God. My God. Are we going to get back to the point where we're clamoring for pro football focus missed tackle stats again? I mean, maybe. That, that, was, that was up there, though, as far as, like, that that what sequence do you want to break down as far as, like, <laughs> shit that we've seen before? Like, First down, near pick. Second down, good pressure. Force a uh, force a force a poor throw on Purdy's part. And then third down, you give up a sixty-five yard touchdown. If that's not Oklahoma football in a nutshell, that was I an awful possession. Is. Yeah. And then well, the- that was that wasn't the the third down was the fumble, but defensive holding oh, by Trey Brown. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. My bad. That's what that's what led to. Yeah, it was it was, was fourth like, and forever deep in OU territory. They were going to have to punt. When you've gone through as much PTSD as I have <laughs> watching this so-called defense, uh, I mean, I, I think that you could uh, you could get it the case. Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's very possible these first two Big Twelve games have just broken me. Like I've just I no longer have a sense of right and wrong. Uh, I may, this may be what prison does to people. I don't know. Like <laughs> they say you're supposed to get rehabilitated, but you just come out worse. And I feel like, oh, you football is just making me worse. <laughs> just don't shank anybody on the way out of Iowa tonight. Well, I banned an awful lot of people before the game started. So, you know, I got that out of my system. Yeah, that's good then. Uh, and don't, don't get a speeding ticket that you didn't even know existed. I cannot guarantee that that will not happen. Me and Eddie still don't know what happened a couple of years ago. Oh, I know oh, yeah, what I happened because I paid the I bill. Know. I got all the I got all the info. I got I got Eddie looking like he didn't know where. Kind of like I got one of those in L.A. I think Eddie, were you in the car with me then too? Yeah, possibly. I is this is this why I didn't go? Do I have a warrant? No. Well, <laughs> that's a good no. I do know that we paid that bill for you, unfortunately. <laughs> I contributed to your lawlessness uh, the last time you were in, in Des Moines, I believe it was, because you yeah. were rushing back to the airport, speeding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, guys, yeah. Uh, I mean, to me, the biggest just fail of this game, and you guys probably know where I'm going, Isaiah Thomas gets a strip sack. The defense finally gets a turnover, gives it over to the offense. They go in and score and immediately give up God knows how long that kickoff return was to the 13-yard line. Yeah. It was the ultimate 
we're not we're not capable statement from this team. Yeah. I mean, every time that this team has been given an opportunity to, uh, you know, take momentum, take advantage of somebody else's mistake, do something positive, they just shit all over themselves. And is that something that you just got to go through as you're kind of learning your way? Maybe. But, Carrie, I mean, the, the biggest disappointing thing about it is, is the two biggest black eyes on this de- on this team right now are positions that they have guys that have played a lot of football down there. Yep. I, d- and and I, that's I, why I, I asked Lincoln the- Riley point back. I didn't want to ask Alice Grinch. I wanted to ask Lincoln sure. Riley, what do you make of your secondary? You have all these guys that have come back. Everyone expected all these really great things from them, and they have maybe been the worst part of your entire team. They've been awful. I, I don't I don't know any other way to say it. And like I'm not just trying to sit here and drag these guys, but I mean, my God. And then some of the comments, Bob, that I, you were sitting in on the players' press conference after the game. Some of the like that comment from Pat Fields about like what we're what are we supposed to do five nine versus six six? Like I don't know. You're do something though. You're a fucking captain. You know what? What's funny is uh, between Creed Humphrey, Pat Fields, and Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler was the only person who actually looked forward and like. You, I don't know if you're really making eye contact on Zoom, but Pat Fields and Creed were just looking down on the ground, and you yeah. just—that's not the body language you want from your uh, captains. And Fields' comments were were definitely, you know, tough for OU fans to hear about that about the three interceptions that he had a chance to try to catch. Oh, it was my just, God. It was a rough night to be Pat Fields. Pat Fields even kind of threw Buki under the ru- under yes. the bus a little yes, bit. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And Because, I mean, that that when they just threw it up there and you had Buki and Fields, if they communicate better, maybe one of them can actually make the pick and instead of them all colliding and then it just falls harmlessly to the ground. It was bad, and then, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'd have to go back and watch all of the plays with Charlie Kolar. I mean, that you know, when you have these little tiny guys in the end zone trying to fight, um, they got a lot of penalties called on them. Yep. I don't know how much of that was, you know, should have just let, you know, let him play and how much was legitimately impeding him from making a catch. And I think that's what Pat Fields was alluding to. Like he he had a frustration with the refs, um, more so than just like, you know, there's no way we can play this game of football. That's kind of what I took from it. Yeah, and that that's probably fair. I I yeah. just at, at what point do you just and I, you know this is something that was said on the board. This is something that was said on Twitter, and I think it's the most obvious reaction of how long do you stick with these guys until. Like, I mean, they're one and two right now. They're staring one and three right in the face going into the Cotton Bowl or coming out of the Cotton Bowl. It's like, at some point, you just got to say, screw it. Let these other young kids get out there. I mean, it it's the same shit that we've seen for the last, you know, I I said eight-ish years on Twitter, but it, it's not getting any better. It, it's getting and, worse. And here's the problem. It's getting worse because this is the worst offense that Lincoln Riley has put on a field so far. I mean... There is abs- there's absolutely no chance for this offense to carry this team like it did for Lincoln Riley's first three years. Yeah. Uh, it didn't didn't do it as much last year. But I don't know, guys. I watch this team, and I feel like I'm watching an expansion team, like a team <laughs> that had been tanking for a few years and got this hot shot draft pick at quarterback like Troy Aikman back in the day or something. And he's a guy that has an immense amount of talent. There's no doubt that, that he's a talented kid. And I'll say this for Spencer Rattler. We got on him, and everybody got on him about his ability in the pocket and running the ball. He was as good tonight as I've ever seen him. And, and I would terrific. say he was, as, he was a lot closer to Baker Mayfield in the pocket and knowing when to escape and picking up yards. And I think he even – didn't he have one big first down that called back, got called back because of a hold – um, yeah. Well, I mean, I think it would have been maybe probably like second and one, and it got called back on a hold on, uh, I believe it was Tyrese Robinson, if I remember correctly. Yes, yeah, that's right. And and that's the thing, Harry and Bob, it's like we talk about the defensive backfield. 
the offensive line, that's the biggest head scratcher of them all right now for me. Four of those five guys have played a lot of football in Norman. Together, too. Yes. And it, yeah. it, there's look, all this chemistry, cohesion stuff we've been talking about, because of contact tracing. It These guys know each other, and they, they're playing like they've never played with each other this this throughout the first three games of the season. Well, and, and here's I, something else I think you have to take from tonight. DeMarco Murray now really <clears throat> only trusts one running back. And that's Seth McGowan. I mean, I said before the season started, like, I could see Seth McGowan moving up and becoming the feature back by the end of the year. He's the feature back after game three. Or he was after game two. And he looked like a freshman with some of those dancing moves he was trying to do. Oh, the the one where he tried to reverse field. Yeah. And he thought Spencer Rattler was going to pick up the block for him. And Spencer (laughs) was just like, nah, that's not my deal. And he ran into Spencer Rattler. (laughs) And then he got tackled. That was one of the, probably the ugliest offensive play of the game. A couple (laughs) times where McGowan. A lot to choose from. Yeah, where McGowan thought he could just do what he did in high school before and it would work. But. That's not how this happens here. I, I mean, I, as as a whole, it's just like you take a step back and it's it's almost hard to imagine or fathom or whatever you want to say, like just how bad this football team is. They're a bad football team. Yeah, they're not good. And, and I think they have a lot of talent out there, sure. but they are not progressing at a level. It's just like with that strip sack and then the kickoff return. Like, they are making dumb, young mistakes that good football teams do not make. And, I mean, it's already kind of out there. I'll just say, they are making the type of mistakes that a Bob Stoops team would not make. I, you know, you asked the question last week, Kerry, is this, do do they have a discipline problem in Norman right now? And I was kind of on the fence, and I, I don't know if I just didn't want to admit it, but... They got a discipline problem, and it is very evident that they're not good enough to get over the hump. The last few years, they were good enough to get away with some stuff. This year, they are not good enough. And, I mean, I, I, I don't know what is what it's going to take to turn the light on for a couple of these guys. And as a whole, it just seems like they're a – and I, I saw somebody mention this on the board. It's like, you watch football all day, you watch football all weekend or whatever, and – it just seems like this group, like the last couple of years, they've just been, it's a soft football team. And I know that's kind of a cliche line, but it just doesn't seem like they have anybody that's willing to just go and hit somebody in the mouth. Well, do you know who's really, who was really bad and almost non-existent tonight? The linebackers. I mean, we can talk about the secondary yeah. how we want, but mm-hmm. Deshaun White whiffed on a, a, a tackle on Brees Hall that ended up going for like 20 yards or something. Uh, I didn't see much of Brian Osamoa tonight. I mean, just and, and I thought the defensive line played pretty well. I mean, of all the position groups, I don't, I didn't look at Josh's grades, but I hope he graded them highest because they were able to get consistent pressure on Brock Purdy as just a front four. Yeah, yeah, they they couldn't finish anything, but they definitely got Purdy moving and thinking. And I'm Osamoa and White both had seven tackles to lead lead the team, but I sure as heck didn't see where they made a, that type of impact throughout the game. Yeah, you know, it's funny that you say that, Bob, because I can't remember a time that I thought to myself, that was a nice play by Deshaun White or Brian Osimo. It's like, I felt like they were missing in the backfield. And how many times did they get in the backfield on like a third and three, and you think that they have them even maybe for a, for a loss, and you look up and all of a sudden, Brees Hall... Ran for an eight-yard gain. As bad as the linebackers were, I think it's gotten to a point where there are almost as many detractors as there are. Well, there are definitely more detractors than supporters of Buki after tonight. Oh, yeah. But he played so well in the last game, and then to come out tonight and just throw that stinker out there where you literally are the one guy that is defending someone who receives a pass standing still with their back to you and you somehow get juked out of your shorts 
by two different people. Like, I don't know what Buki is thinking sometimes out there. It's bizarre. I, he sh- he should be thinking, why am I not playing? Honestly, like he he shouldn't be on the field anymore. And I don't know what that means, like who they go put in there, but I'm sick and tired of seeing him just not be good. Like it's it's gotten to the he's at the point of no return with me. I'm done. Or well, you, him you go complaining back and, about jumping on a guy's arm in the end zone. Complaining. Yeah, they, like, of course they're going to throw a flag. You're on his fucking back. Well, not, I'm not sure if you saw that play or not, Carrie, from, from the press box. It wasn't the, the late one where I, it was like hand fighting, but the one there's one where he's literally jumping on the guy's arm and he's like almost being held by the guy because he's so small. It's kind of funny looking. Well, I mean, it was just bad. I mean, and he had a chance to intercept the ball yep. that he didn't come down with. And that's that's just become inexcusable to yeah. basically be fielding a punt and not be able to come down with that. I, I don't know how you can even go out there and, and play on this defense. I, and by the way, what's the option besides Buki? Well, go back a year. Trey, Trey Norwood was going to be the starting nickel on this team. Now he's a backup corner. Maybe you got to look at moving him back to nickel. Yeah, hand up. Hand up. Question. Did Trey Norwood even play that much tonight? He did miss a tackle. He missed he and too. He and Woody came in together and, and subbed out Trey Brown and Jaden Davis quite a bit at corner. Yeah, that was, that was the sequence when they gave up the uh, little throwback there. I know that Woody was in at that one that one point. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean you go it, down the list. Everyone had their what the hell moment from Trey Brown defensive holding and not being able to do anything. Jaden Davis is the corner they got picked on on that sixty five yard touchdown with no safety help. Everyone had a moment it's like, oh boy, what the heck is going on here? And you know, I, I, I guess we I might as well say it. It's like I think the most disappointing thing for me in all of that is not not only the fact that what we've already discussed as far as them being guys that have played a bunch of football down there. I mean, that's Alex Grinch's group, is it not? Like Yeah, it is. Now. Like, come on now. Like this at, at some point, like, and I'm not i I'm not sitting here saying they need to fire Alex Grinch. I'm far from there. But like not a whole lot of excuses for the defense coordinator when it's his group that is the senior la- or the the veteran group of the bunch that is continually giving up big plays and just looking just flat out embarrassingly awful. Yeah, and it's it's the other thing is it's year two. You're supposed to be progressing. You're supposed to be getting more dominant as a defense from what we saw a year ago, and they're regressing. They're getting worse. Yep. I mean, it's it's. I, I, I can barely believe it. I mean, look, I can understand. I thought, you know, like, okay, they're going to take a hit at the defensive line, but I thought Perrin Winfrey was good tonight. You saw Josh Ellison do some good things tonight. Obviously, Isaiah Thomas did some good things. You saw more Marcus Stripling in there. A lot of, you know, Nick Benito was a lot more active tonight than he was in the last game in terms of just, Forcing mm-hmm. the action a little bit. I mean, he didn't make a ton of plays behind the line of scrimmage, but he definitely, you know, pressured Purdy and got him thinking and and all that. But I mean, that's one little bright spot because every other position <laughs> on the defense sucks, and they've gotten worse. I I I, I just I I truly don't get it, and that's why it's like I, you know, usually when OU losers or something. Fans can bitch and complain about it, and it's like, yeah, whatever. I mean, their fans are overreacting a little bit. I don't think there's a whole lot of overreaction no. right now. No. This is a shitty football team right now. Carrie, I, I was on the players. So what was Riley's tone about the holding call not called against Rambo on the Rattler pick? Was he really still pissed about it 20 minutes later? I don't remember him even addressing that. I mean, yeah, I it was it was a lot of the kind of the same questions, same line of questions, which was what the hell is wrong with your football team and how do you fix it? 
and there's really no answers. I mean, there, there's not. I mean, if he had the answers, it would have been fixed this week. And I think he he's trying to stay positive. But, I mean, if it was bad a week ago going into Texas this week, my God. I mean, mm-hmm. you're going to start getting, and I've already seen some of them on Twitter, but it's kind of what Lincoln has set himself up for if he doesn't do well, which is, He's all flash and no cash. He's all, he's all marketing and OU DNA and and you know, uh, what was the name of the doc they were trying to do? I think the, that's uh, the standard. The standard yeah. is never going to come out again. Yeah. Uh, do they need the to just shell going, that? That's going straight to VHS. <laughs> Actually, it's. What happens when you just take something off of Twitter that was never going to go to D- VHS or video on demand in the first place? Where does it go? TikTok? Uh, it, maybe. It's just going to be released over a series of 30 TikToks. <laughs> maybe just what, some man, snaps. OU and Texas are really good at coming up with hashtags and not winning football games. That's basically what it is right now. And that's fair. I mean, it is oh, it fair. Is. Absolutely. I mean, you're in that world, and that's all the fans see, and you spend all your time marketing, and you don't really care about media, and you don't really give media the time of day, which means you don't give fans the time of day, because all that in-house produced schlock is just that. I mean, it's all rainbows and unicorns, and it's not real. It's, you know, it's it's like, it's like, listening to a coach's show. I mean, not that Toby doesn't do a great job. I think he does, but how much substance, and I think Toby gets some substance. I'm just talking generalities. Like how much substance comes out of those university produced things? I mean, I Lincoln handled everything fine. I'm sure he hated it knowing how much he doesn't like doing media, but he sat there and took it. I mean, he did. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that, that you're you're exactly right though. I think that it's one of those things that like when everything's going well, it looks great. But you lose games like you've lost the last two weeks and you're one and two now. And and, and you mean, open yourself for the criticism, why aren't you spending more time coaching instead sure. of hashtagging? Well, people don't people don't give a shit about that stuff because the only thing they care about is oh you winning on Saturdays. Right. Right now, that's not happening. In fact, it's the opposite of that as far as not even win losses. They're going out and embarrassing themselves. Well, and I, I, I have to wonder where the hell the season is going. You got Texas coming up next. I, then I think wholesale changes happen once you get through Texas and the bye week. Well, if you're really going to make moves, you're going to need that bye week because some of those freshmen were in contact tracing and didn't have the reps. And that's going to be the thing. They're going to say, those guys don't have the experience yet. We'll get it in the bye week, and then we'll bring them through through the second half of the season. Yeah, and I, I completely get that. I just I, I don't know why it has to wait for another week. I mean, you're already one and two. You need you need to start making changes now. Like, you, you can only see these guys miss so many tackles next week against Texas, and then, you know, all hell really breaks loose. He might as well not even – it just it, – it's frustrating to an extent. And, you know, obviously it's a, a place that Oklahoma hasn't been in. Last time OU lost back-to-back home – or uh, back-to-back games in the regular season, I was in middle school. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it also kind of – you look at the history, the, the modern history of OU football. Really, Sam Bradford is the only freshman, whether it's redshirt, true, whatever – the only freshman that really carried a team, you know, to any kind of heights. Like, yeah. they played the Big 12 Championship. They won. They beat Missouri in the Big 12 Championship when he was a freshman. Who uh, was number one. A redshirt sure. who was number one at the time. Uh, and But Landry Jones struggled. Um, I mean, just go down the list. I mean, I, I'm trying to think, you know, Obviously, like I mean, like 2005 was a bad year. That was when they came off of Jason White being here for 20 years. Then Paul Thompson and Rhett Bomar. Paul Thompson won the job, but it was an ugly, ugly offensive season. And they ended up kind of right in the ship at the end. Then 09 with Landry. 
when Sam got hurt, and he kind of took it over. But that was they couldn't. The, the receiving core sucked. Nobody yeah. could catch a pass, and Kevin Wilson was going five wide, and that was not a fun. Se- it ended up in the Sun Bowl. I mean, playing Stanford. And outside, if OU goes to the Sun Bowl, I want you to send me to Mexico and just have me killed. <laughs> I don't mind I El Paso. To... All right, I know Eddie. Fun Rockers is close. Harry. I know. Oh, we we're so screwed. I want you to kill me if they go to the Sun Bowl. I don't even know if there'll be a Sun Bowl by the time <laughs> OU gets to a bowl That's game. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, I don't know if that bowl's gonna too. exist. Shit, that might be that might be uh, setting expectations too high. Right I mean, now. here's the here's the bright part of the season. The New Mexico Bowl's been canceled. Um, some other shit bowls have been canceled. You know they're going to take Oklahoma no matter what. It's just will Oklahoma even go to it? I mean, look realistically, this team if they lose to Texas next week, they can't beat Oklahoma State. I mean, Texas Tech. That's a struggle, the way they're playing. They can beat Kansas. Maybe. The month of October. They could beat, the whole, they could beat both Baylor and West Virginia. I, I I don't know how it can get any worse defensively. I, I got a text from a former player tonight. He said, I thought last week would be a wake-up call. We look very poorly coached, and I never think that. I mean, it's it's startling how bad. These last two weeks have been for Oklahoma football, the last 14 days. Well, especially when, you know, when we talked to the guys on Tuesday, Wednesday, they kept talking about this is the big challenge week and this is a mentality thing. And and then if that was true, like if Kansas is supposed to be the wake-up call, then this is their mentality. This is who they are. And, guys, they, know, haven't they, been, they haven't they been – They haven't been – raise it to another level. They haven't been down a bunch of bodies or anything. I mean, everybody's been out there. Well, and the thing about it is tonight, like, look at tonight. They go, they're up 17 to 6 at one point. They, Iowa State had moved the ball and, you know, you whatever. They still got stops. They forced two, two field goals, and you felt pretty good about it. And then it just seemed like there was something that happened midway through the second quarter. And I don't know what, if I can put my finger on it, whether it be, uh, you know, the, I'm trying to look at the, play by play here to get a better idea but it just they 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 don't have the ability to step on the throat and well what it was it was like you could you could feel tonight how badly that defense needed turnovers they had to have them tonight like it was just that's why the what you said carrie that's why the isaiah thomas thing you get that and then all of a sudden it was a backbreaker it goes boom 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 touchdown and you and that was 30 30 that made it 30 30 yeah that's the yeah that's it's 30 23 you're feeling pretty damn good about it all of a sudden and then like i'll be honest i was watching the game over my parents house i went to go take a leak real quick and i came back and (laughs) it's tied the ball at the 15 yard line (laughs) like whoa what happened it's just insane yeah On on a unit that had been pretty good all year like I I guess the wind was blowing pretty good, right? That's why Burkich didn't kick it through the end zone. No, I mean the wind was pretty still. I mean it was it was basically no wind all night. Now it was raining, and I don't know if that showed on yeah. TV very you, well. You yes, could see that. You could for yeah. sure see that. And it was just kind of off and on, and really in the second half, just kind of spotty here and there. But I mean, look, you talk about the players slipping and all that stuff. That's that didn't affect the outcome of the game. This team just... I would say played on the same field. Yeah, this team just didn't play well. I mean, and it's just like, I'm watching this team, and I just see no life. It's just, they're lifeless. Yeah. It's, no, it's, they are. It's I like, was, there's, a, there's a clock that starts when the game starts, and they have a certain amount of time where they play well, and then they're, it's like they're just holding on for dear life. And, and at some point in the game... They just stop attacking, stop. Basically, all momentum just dies, and they're holding on for dear life. That's that's the personality of this team after two games in the Big 12. And that is the most startling thing of all. By the way, I found the uh, the thing I was talking about. It was the Spencer. It was the uh, Rattler throw to uh, 
uh, Rambo over on the sidelines that he that was kind of short armed, and they ended up punting, and that's when they went through the uh, had to punt, and then the sixty one yard uh, touchdown to uh, whoever for Iowa State, and then seventeen thirteen after that. But yeah, like I just don't understand how they and I is that not a culture thing, guys? Like there is a as as much as they don't want to admit it publicly, whether it be Riley, whether it be Grinch, whether it be whoever. They have a massive, massive culture problem down there right now. Especially when Grinch just talked about finish all week, and then he did it tonight again. We always talk about finish, finish. Well, these guys don't even come close to that. You're absolutely right. They just hang on and hope that what they did in the first half is going to be enough before someone finally overtakes them. And if they do that, then they have no response once they get hit. Well, and, you know, if you're talking about a culture problem, that's a really big deal because, you know, you're recruiting all these guys in there, four- and five-star guys, and their recruiting's been really good. But, you know, when you go to Alabama, you may may be a me guy. You may be uh, someone that, you know, isn't a a buy-in guy, but the culture of their program makes you one of those people. And... If you have a bad culture at Oklahoma, you're bringing in all these guys, and all of a sudden they're four and five stars, and they're not playing immediately, uh, and they're getting disgruntled, and they're putting stuff on social media, which may or may not happen. Bryson Washington tonight. Um, <laughs> hey, we're still up. Screenshot it. Sense. Twenty-five. It's oh. Screenshot. I got Bob. a screenshot. Bob, already done. Already done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, that's the first thing you do. Just control, control, delete. Boom, boom. It, if it is a culture problem, and you know, Carrie, when you were saying that, it, the first thing that popped in my head was, and this might just be a completely like sour grapes thing to say after Oklahoma's in the way that they played over the last fourteen days, but like with all the branding stuff that Oklahoma pushes, with all the recruiting stuff that they have pushed, as far as come to Oklahoma, build your brand, like you don't see that at the bigger programs, you know, the programs that are. Oh, I think everybody's doing that. You just don't see it because you're not paying attention to every tweet like we do with OU. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I guess that was just the first thing that I thought of, and that's probably something that's like, you know, country voice, Oklahoma redneck guys. Like, yeah, they need to focus on football. It's like Might have had a few few tall boys. Yeah, well, I might be fitting that demographic right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, we can just, tell. You're getting slurrier and slurrier as we go. Well, it is 138, but it it just I just I I don't know where you go from here. It's like last week we're sitting here talking about how disappointing it is, and then it's like this is a big look in the mirror moment for Lincoln Riley. Well, if that's the case, that was last failed, week. Yeah, he failed in every facet going into this weekend. It was a team that just, and it's not like they're not ready to play. They were ready to play tonight, but. Throughout a game, there's, I mean, if you talk about mental makeup or, uh, you know, just overall character of a team, it's lacking severely. And whatever you do to build that, it's not being done. It feels like there are a bunch of guys down there that know that they're at the University of Oklahoma and haven't really almost bought into the idea of, and you know, you talk to former players, I'm sure Gabe would say this, anybody that you talk to, Teddy would say this. It's like, you gotta, football's a hard sport. Winning football games is hard. Like going 11 and one, 10 and one every year is not an easy thing to do. And it's almost like these guys think that it's just gonna come to them because they're at Oklahoma, Every because they've won five Big 12 championships in a row, everything's gonna come to you. and. I, I saw somebody mention it on Twitter, too. It's like, you know, Bob was always one of those guys, like, even at the beginning of the year, it's like, you know, Oklahoma's the favorite to win the, the conference, but he was the first person to say, like, what we did last year doesn't mean shit this year. And it's it's almost like that has been lost in translation somewhere. Well, we talked about that. We talked about how he broke all those rules in 2014 uh, after they beat Alabama. And then sure. what happened that season? It just it was yeah. a complete shit show. Yeah. By the way, 2014, right there with 09 and 05 as 
more might seasons be up, right up there in modern in history. Yeah. Oh, 2020 oh, is, uh, I mean, 2020 <laughs> is giving it a run for its money right now. <laughs> if they lose to Texas next week, they may set a new standard for shit. I mean, I feel like the 2014 team would beat the shit out of this team right now. <laughs> I mean, I know that's kind of like sad to say, but I I couldn't be any more lower on Oklahoma football as a whole than I am right now. And I guess that's pretty obvious at 1.40 in the morning, but it just, I don't know. I, I am at a loss for words at how just god-awful they've been. Guys, real quick, I want to uh, remind everybody, I had a uh, I had a very nice trip to see this shit show. Uh, thanks to Eskridge Lexus of Oklahoma City, uh, Ed Eskridge, the boys over there, they gave us the first ever all-wheel drive 2021 Lexus ES250. I would say that I'm sad you guys missed it, but I talked to Aber and Kersey. They wore masks the entire way because they were in the same car. Um, God, tell me that you're kidding me. No, they did. Me. They did. <sighs> One. I love that sigh. That was nine hours in a car wearing masks. I said, like, when you guys stop, would you just get out of the car and start running and rip your mask off? Yes, I hope so. So I got to, what I'm saying is I got to take the uh, the first ever all-wheel drive 2021 Lexus ES250. Didn't have to wear a mask. It was glorious. Got a lot of highway mileage, 34 miles per gallon. I only had to gas up one time, uh, and that was near the end. I think it was about 100 miles to go before I had to gas up. 100 miles left. Uh, but make sure, Ed Eskridge, uh, Eskridge, Lexus of Oklahoma City, 405-755-9000. Um, I know a lot of people, you know, they've had vacations that they haven't taken. Uh, and I was talking to Ed about this before I left. Like, a lot of people have said, you know what? Let's go ahead and get a new car. Let's go ahead and get something really nice. And they've gone over to Eskridge Lexus and said, let's get a new Lexus. If you're that guy, make sure and ask for the special Sooner Scoop price on any new or pre-owned car, and they will take care of you just like they take care of us. So, uh, Ed, we appreciate you guys being a, the uh, the uh, premier sponsor for the uh, Scoop post-game podcast, even though it sucks so far, um, at least the games. Hopefully the podcasts have still kept you entertained, but uh, Ed's, a, uh, Ed's the reason why we're able to do this. So, And the reason we, why we stay up till 2 a.m., on road games to do this. This is a Ames tradition. I'm, I am kind of sad you guys aren't here because Ames is always, it seems like we get a lot of night games and it's usually, you know, four in the morning before I go to bed, which will be again this morning. Um, so it's a tradition, but you know what? It's football. We love it. We don't love what we watch tonight. We don't love that. You guys are going to be pissed and you know, you'll, you'll be hard to deal with, but we're used to it. I just wonder. Hard to deal with. I would be disappointed if you weren't hard to deal with after that shit show the last two weeks. I'll say this too. Let's just get into this uh, pregame stuff with Ronnie Perkins. Alrighty. So Thursday morning, Josh got tipped off. Hey, Ronnie Perkins told someone he's cleared and he's going to play this weekend. And I said, "That's very interesting." So let me start checking around. So I start hitting up people close to Ronnie Perkins, people close to uh, OU football, and uh, I'm told, even by people that had spoken with Ronnie Perkins, no, he's not cleared. So this was Thursday afternoon. And enough people said, and I checked on the other players, Trajan Bridges, not cleared. Got that you know, very close to that source. And so I was like, well, this doesn't make any sense. Um, we know there haven't been any appeals other than the length. So how is it that Ronnie Perkins would be cleared and others wouldn't be? 
So we we put all that on the board, and you know my initial thought was, well, Lincoln Riley mentioned Ronnie Perkins as a leader on this defense. This defense has been cratering. And at some point, you do kind of tune out coaches, so why not have as many leaders as you can on the sideline to help out? Um, as soon as I published all that on Sooner Scoop, knowing that there have all these been these other rumors, but no one, I'm going to say this, no one had been definitive. It was all a bunch of smoke and mirrors, all a bunch of, well, we've heard he's in Ames, and we heard he, he, he's going to suit up and he might play tonight. But no one gave you any reasoning behind it. And that's that's where we always come in. We want to know the who, the how, the what, the, what, the why. Um, we want to know all the details so that we know we're on this thing. And so the details that we had checked out up to that point all said he's not playing tonight and uh, he hasn't been cleared. So after I filed, kind of wrote the report on the message board, got a call from someone very close to everything and said, I just want you to know this because something is going on with Ronnie Perkins. They put in a special appeal just for him and no one else. None of the other players. They felt that they could win the appeal. And the NCAA looked at it and they said, you're right. He does qualify. We will grant, we, you have won your appeal. He could be eligible to play now. Now, this happened Thursday, I believe. And the appeal was only a couple of weeks. It's it, it it new by a couple of weeks. So last time we had checked, there had still been no appeals filed for why they would have had drugs in their system. But I can't go into all the details. I've been given permission to do all that. And... But Ronnie Perkins had a special set of circumstances they felt like uh, would end up in him having an appeal granted, and it worked. It did, and it was given. So why was he in Ames? He was in Ames tonight because they thought that everything could get wrapped up uh, possibly in order for him to play tonight. It didn't end up happening. He didn't dress out with the team. He didn't go through walk. He didn't go through uh, pregame warmups, and he stood on the sideline because. And this is another thing I've not been given clearance to go into detail about because not everything had been put to bed with the NCAA, and that's all I'm really going to say. So, I was give. I w I did receive a text message. I'm going to look at it right now because I don't know how much of this I can say or if this person gave it to me. Um, while, while, you're that, I'll just, <laughs> while you're looking at that, I'll just, I'll just say that I, I don't know if adding one player to this defense is going to help anything. I mean, obviously, no, no, no. I, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with he's you. The best, he's the best player on the defense. He, he'll be the best player on the field when Oklahoma plays next weekend, uh, or at least on the Oklahoma defensive side of the ball. But that's not going to help Buki cover somebody. That's not going to help Patrick Fields tackle somebody. Like, it, it just... And the, and the other thing, too, and cut me off when you find it. Let me just – I've found it. Let me just go, throw go this out it. there real quick because I'll be done <laughs> then. Uh, very high up, it you know, you said, told me, uh, still in process of being cleared for competition. This was at 6.37 uh, right after as the game was starting. Uh, and a few minutes later said next week is in play. And I've been told all that stuff almost got cleared before tonight, but it didn't. It will be cleared for Texas next week. So Ronnie Perkins will be back in an OU uniform in a week. But, I mean, guys, this was so up in the air. Ronnie Perkins was on scout team all week. This happened so late in the week because all this other stuff with Chris Murray, like they never know when the NCAA is going to rule on something. This they decided to take a quick look at, gave it a quick ruling. And for all the people that, Wanted to stir up shit on the boards tonight before the game started. I didn't even give you chili. I mean, some of you guys are, you know, have been assholes for a while that have just pushed and pushed and pushed. And you went to Siberia, not chili. Chili's a fun place. You can read the board. 
See what everybody else... You just can't post. I kicked your ass out of the club. That's what I did. Some of you will be let back in. I'll let Josh handle that. But when it comes to this kind of stuff, we take it very seriously. We put our reputations on the line. We're not using fake names. And when we say stuff, people know it's golden. We put it out there on Twitter, it's golden. So I don't, that's one thing I don't joke around about. I don't let be joked around about. You're not going to try and slander us in our reputation. We do it the right way. And I'm not going to apologize for that. So, you know what? I can live with however people feel about that. So there you go. Eddie, feel free to now rip on OU's defense. And that Ronnie Perkins won't make a difference because I'm going to be right there with you. I am excited to see Ronnie Perkins play because I do think that, like, as you said, the defensive line played well today. I mean, they played good enough. What you would hope is good enough. Maybe I'd like to see a little bit more pressure on the quarterback, but they were getting back there. They just got to complete the play. Uh, I just the, – this, the, this idea of, you know, Grinch or the defensive staff or Riley or whoever, they need to focus more on tackling. Like, when somebody says that, I just always think, like, these guys are Division One football players, and we're talking about tackling somebody. Like, is that how far it's this thing's fallen? That we are literally talking about tackling guys? That should just be a given, should it not? Am I overreacting? Well, it's kind of like no. when they had the play, you know, when they would have a play and stuff Brees Hall, like it wasn't just one guy. It was multiple guys. And that's the whole, you know, the whole speed D thing. It's like everybody's running to the football. And when you have plays where one guy like a bookie misses a tackle and the guy goes for 60, like that's a complete failure of the defense. It's not about tackling. It's about that you have an entire defense that was not in tune with that play to the fact that a lot of people couldn't even make a play on the ball carrier. When you see things going right for this defense – You've got four, five, six, seven guys chasing the ball carrier at once. Yeah, and I, I know what uh, what Grinch said tonight is that you know sometimes that that first guy is, is trying to make the perfect hit with the shoulder, and they're not wrapping up. They're not allowing a second and third guy to try to get yeah. in there and strip. And you know, there's just so many fun so many fundamental flaws that they're making and that goes to what that portion of the fan base has been saying too much emphasis on turnovers is going to be the detriment of the defense because it's going to take away from just doing the basic stuff that you know you have to do you you can tackle first then try to get the takeaway you can't get the takeaway if you don't know how to tackle eddie i had a i had a pretty good conversation with my best friend after the last game that kind of I think it just it shows kind of what the mentality of people are like that are football fans that have grown up and don't get the not tackling because my best friend was a really good wrestler and you know placed in state could have re- if he didn't he was going to OU no matter what so he could have got he could have wrestled at a small he could, like he could have gotten a scholarship to UCO or somewhere to wrestle like that but he just wanted to go live the frat life go to OU and he did. And uh, but we were talking on the phone and he said this to me. He said, Why don't guys just just shoot a double leg? That's all I ever did. When I tackled a guy, they just I I never let a guy go. I just shot a double leg. And he could do that. And he was a good little cornerback. I mean, uh, he was a tackling machine. But like that's that's it's not it doesn't really equate like he never played against Brees Hall. <laughs> so like you know your your double leg sure. takedown technique is not always going to work against a guy that could leave you in space like Brees Hall can. I get that. Louisiana Lafayette didn't have a problem with it. Yeah, but they have guys a lot better than my best friend playing football. Well, I'm okay. Yeah, I, I get that. I'm I'm talking about Oklahoma though. I mean, these guys are on scholarship. Why are they so bad at defense? Yeah. Like, straight up. I, 
There's no other way to ask the question. So double Why leg takedown they... is the answer. Oh, is that what you're <laughs> Okay, I get it. So that's what you're suggesting is just double leg takedowns? I think as talented as they are, yeah. I think we should bring my best friend Clifton in and <laughs> let him work with the team on double leg takedowns. I just, it, I'm, I'm at a loss. Like, over the last five years of just watching OU defensively just be so inept. I, I truly don't have any answers to it. There are none. I mean, like, we don't have the – the coaches don't have the answer. How do we have the answers? How does any fan have the answers? Sure. No, I get that. And I, I guess that's when it just comes down to the players. And so if it's the players, like, I don't care if it's a revolving door. Try anybody out there. It, it can't be. No, that's where the fans are. You know, that really is where they are. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think that, I mean, the fan base last week I thought was apathetic, basically to the point of used to it. Every year they throw out a clunker. They throw out a shit show. You just deal with it. They bounce back. This week, it's it the, the tone has completely changed. It is just straight anger, right? It's a straight up. Like, what is going on down there inside the program that it's gotten to this point? And, I mean, my immediate reaction is just, it's a soft football program right now. It is a very soft football program. And, in a way, is that a direct reflection of the head coach? I don't know. Like, it possibly could be. Well, that's the other thing is when you're so secretive and you're, everything is so in-house – and you don't really know what's going on. Like, I know a lot of former players who think that, you know, Benny Wiley is not the answer as a strength and conditioning coach because they see the things that you're talking about. Mm. And they all knew they all knew Jerry. I mean, they all knew a guy that was that they all hated, that drove them to their limits. Whereas it seems like Benny Wiley is friends with everybody, so they don't like that. And maybe that's just people getting old. No, I mean, I, Jerry, that was something that when they made that hire, and listen, I don't know if that's the right answer or not. I don't know if firing the strength and conditioning coach is the right answer. That's certainly not going to help you make tackles on Saturday. But, like, I remember that was kind of, wasn't that a little bit of a board discussion when Benny Wiley was hired was, his track record when he goes places, guys, you know, to a certain extent, get a little soft. Well, and I think you could, you could, I mean, the problems that the offensive line are having right now, how well are they conditioned? How well is anybody conditioned the way that they fade in the second half? Do you think, we didn't talk about this last week, do you think Tyrese uh, Robinson and Marquise Hayes are too heavy? Maybe. It feels like. And I I feel like Creed is. I just I the the holding penalties and correct me if I'm wrong, but did that that stuff just didn't happen last year. Or maybe I'm just not remembering it and they got they were able to get over it because they were better offensively. Like every time this team it feels like gets some type of momentum going, they have some type of just debilitating <laughs> penalty, and it's like, oh my god, they can't recover from this. Yeah, there's no faith in them being able. No, to it's if something goes from a second and seven to a or a third and seven to a third and twelve, even they're oh, like, well, done. that's over. Yeah, that's, that's what's different. Yeah, for sure. You have zero belief that they're going to pick it up. But I thought, I guys, tonight I thought it was another night where the offense made a mistake in featuring Charleston Rambo too much. I know. I know. Not enough Stogner. Where is Theo East, though? Oh, boy. That pass that he dropped or didn't never – I don't think he tracked it or whatever. Went through it. He, he had it literally it. went right through his hands. And that – what a play by Rattler. Oh, that, that was, was a throw and a half. I thought played pretty damn well tonight. Yeah. That was a throw and a half he made on – because he – he broke out of the pocket and he motioned for Weeze to to go downfield mm -hmm. and just threw it just where only Theo Weeze could catch it. Just like Rambo against Missouri. Yeah. I mean, his best passes this year have not been caught. 
Those are probably his two best passes of the year. Rewinding all the way back to the first series, what did you think about them kicking on the one-yard line? It shocked me because usually Lincoln likes to set a tone early in a game like that, especially on the road. Is that just a complete indictment of where they're at off with the offensive line? It didn't set a good tone. I mean, it was, it was. We had so many other questions to ask, but I was wondering if Rattler actually did make them go for it on that second series, or if Lincoln was thinking about it in the TV, just caught Rattler telling Burkett to get off the field. But we had so many other things to ask about. Yeah. I don't know, guys. It's just... It's something we haven't seen in a long time. And I mean, every I've program really goes through ebbs and flows. And maybe this is, you know, what was going to happen no matter what or no matter who the coach was. But this is going to fall on Lincoln's shoulders. And it's, it's going to hurt his his reputation and people are going to say mean things that aren't necessarily fair, but it's going to happen. He's in that position now. And OU football's in that position now. Texas is going to come to that game, even off a loss, a little bit pissed off, but probably feeling like they can beat this Oklahoma team. Oh my! I mean, my God! As we're sitting here recording this, like just thinking about what could happen on Saturday down at the Cotton Bowl, I feel like <laughs> I feel like it could get really ugly. It could like, get ugly. And I, I, I don't know if I've said that before about an Oklahoma game. Like, I mean, really, I, guys, you look at this Oklahoma team. If you if you look at this Oklahoma team with what we've seen the first two games, if they don't get better. They could lose to Texas. They could lose to TCU. They could easily lose to Oklahoma State. You could say they could lose to but basically, Kansas, Baylor, West Virginia, Texas Tech, those are four wins in the Big I mean, 12. Five and five. From what I, from what I saw this, uh, this afternoon from West Virginia, I mean, uh, from Baylor, I don't know if you could just count that as a win. I think the only for sure win right now on the schedule is Kansas. And I know that's a little bit reactionary, but I mean, they are a bad football team right now. But I mean, I think the important thing is, I mean, there's three losses sitting sure. ahead of them: Texas, oh, no TCU, doubt. and Oklahoma State. No doubt, one hundred percent. And they've already got two. It's crazy. And you're only playing ten. Yeah. <laughs> Sun Bowl, here we come. Kill me. I mean, it it really is crazy. Like, and I guess in a way it just kind of reinforces the idea of just how good Oklahoma's been and how good the offense has been over the last few seasons. But at the same time, like the, the repeated, just, just abysmal defensive series is just crazy to me. It is wild. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I doubt Lincoln is to the point where he's like questioning his decision to hire Alex Grinch, but he's probably looking at him with a stronger eye right now. <laughs> I mean, they need to look at everybody. I think every person in that program needs to get a huge ass mirror and look themselves in the face because it, this ain't it right now. I know that. Well, I don't know what else to say. I think <laughs> we've got to said everything. That there is to say just about the say, shit show that it was. I will add, Gabe Burkett, 51-yard 50, field goal to tie the game in the fourth quarter. I thought that was a hell of a kick. I did not think he was going to make that. The 51-yarder? Yeah. Yeah, to, to, yep. not the one before halftime, but the uh, one in the uh, fourth quarter. Okay. Yeah, that was, that was a hell of a kick. That was a nice kick. By the way, Oklahoma hasn't been 0-2 in Big 12 play since John Blake were on the sidelines. Was that 96? 98. 98. I was 11 years old. It's crazy. All right. Fellas, I appreciate it as always. 
going to head and get this son of a bitch up. Thanks to uh, Eskridge Lexus for uh, getting us down here safely. Hopefully getting us back safely. It's up to me. And the guide assistance to make sure I don't go off the road. So thanks to uh, Eskridge Lexus for being a big part of the uh, post-game podcast. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you, Bob, for uh, spending your time staying up. Sorry you couldn't be here with me, but I'm sure you're more than happy not to be driving home nine hours after this tomorrow. So No, be safe. Mm-hmm. Have a good drive. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, appreciate it. We'll see you guys back here after Texas next week, and we'll see where the Sooners sit in the Big 12. Will they get their first Big 12 win? We do not know. Uh, that's going to do it. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to the Eskridge Lexus postgame podcast on Sudescoop.com.